Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi guys! Today's show is brought to you by the extremely kind donations by our donors over at Patreon. Andrew, why don't you tell the kind people about Patreon?、Uh, Patreon is a service that you can use to donate to us, as well as receive some perks yourself.、Um, perks include things like,、uh, you know, what, what what are our perks, Jess? You know them a little better. We got than I do. commentaries. We got deleted material that didn't make it into episodes. You got bonus content of all sorts, and it only gets released to the patrons. There's a lot more of it coming out soon.、Um, we got another commentary that we're hopefully recording pretty soon, and、uh, tons of other stuff. They also get things a day early, so you get it earlier than all the rest of the folk. And you also have like a very direct line to us, where we will get in contact with you probably a little quicker than we would like on Twitter and everything else. So basically, donating to Patreon makes you a better person. Your skin will clear up.、Um, <laughs> everything will be better once you're a Patreon. So why don't you tell us These, who some of our those patrons last are. things are not true, by the way. You can't, and, and you don't、it. have to donate to Patreon. We still love you either way. All、but. I can say is like my skin's a lot better now that like there's a Patreon that I'm donating to. That's just because you you're using the Patreon money we get to buy yourself coconut oil. Oh, <laughs> who are our patrons currently, Andrew?、Uh, we got Stephanie L, Terry Needleman, Max Lunig, Benjamin Lehrer. Chris O'Kelly, Lily Ackles, Mac Kenzie Horner, John Donna, Taryn the Duck, confirmed for real duck, and Melissa Goldman, confirmed for real Goldman. Uh, Jess Lightning, the best Jess on this show. Um, Ewan Cassidy, named after Ewan McGregor. Haley McDonald, not named after McDonald's, thankfully, that we know of. Hey Haley, tell、not、us that we know of. Tell us, were you named after McDonald's? <laughs> Please say no. <laughs> Taskier, Colin McLeod, and Fire of September.、Um, they give us a little financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals with Cheese. If you would like to join them in supporting us and get tons of fun perks, come join us on Patreon and help support us financially. Andrew, do you want to talk about our、um, uh, Amazon affiliate link? Our Amazon affiliate link is an excellent link you can find in our descriptions. That goes to Amazon, and anything you buy on Amazon after clicking that link will give some portion of the money you spend to us. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and you only have to use it if you're already going to buy stuff on Amazon. So、uh, it's just a good way to help us out without even having to cost you anything. It's pretty、mm-hmm. good. It's pretty neat. But do you want to go on to the real show, Andrew? 
Let's do it. Hello, I'm Jesse McAnally. And I'm Andrew DeWolf. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, a podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical and theater. How are you today, Andrew? Well, I'm doing okay. That's good. Um, I've heard a true fact recently, and I want to share it with you. Do you want to know? Sure. What, yeah, what, what's the fact you have? Um, it's, it's about Spaniards. Um, actually, it's about the location of Spain. I hear that the rain in Spain stays mainly in the plain. Well, that is a very interesting fact. Why don't we talk about that for a little bit? Okay. Okay. <laughs> where are these plains in Spain? Um, that's where the rain is. Where the rain is, is where the plains are. Yeah, but I don't know where the rain is, so you're going to have to explain in a different terminology in where Spain. the plain is. In Spain! In no, Spain! I know it's in Spain, but that's a very big location. Why don't you give me, like, longitude, latitude numbers? You um, know, it's near this city. So you uh, want to know... something to work with. You want to know where the... where in Spain it is, right? Yes. It's on the plain. On the plain. No, I know it's on the plain. I'm not asking where the rain is. I'm asking where the plane is. It's under the rain in Spain. Yeah, see, this is all worthless information, Jess. <laughs> you're just you're just repeating the same thing. <laughs> in case you haven't figured it out by our brilliant um like back and forth there, today we are talking about my fair lady. based on George Bernard Shaw's play Pygmalion, with book and lyrics by Alan J. Lerner and music by Frederick Lowe. The story concerns Eliza Doolittle, a cockney flower girl who takes speech lessons from Professor Henry Higgins, a phoneticist, so that she may pass as a lady. The original Broadway and London show starred Rex Harrison and Julie Andrews. The musical's 1956 Broadway production was a notable critical and popular success, it had set a record for the longest run of any Broadway show up to that time. It was followed by a hit London production, a popular film version, and many revivals. My Fair Lady has been called the perfect musical. So me and in Andrew... In quotation. In quotations. Um, me and Andrew are mostly going to be focusing on the film because I feel the film is a very good representation of what that original Broadway production is, aside from Kind of like what we did for... Fiddler. Uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Yes, and aside from a couple notable things that I will point out, I think it's a very fair adaptation. What do you think of My Fair Lady, Andrew? Um, it's it's a classic, and I don't mean that in that I think it's like amazing and it's it's classic. I mean that it's it's from that older era of Broadway, and it's very apparent that it is. Okay. Um. Uh, in all the past things that we've done, what would you say it's closest related to? Um. I don't know. I mean, music-wise, it has a lot of that kind of um, carousel-type feel to it, I think. 
I mean, I, I'm, you might disagree, but that's that's how I think. Um, and plot-wise, it's just very simple. And it, I mean, it kind of is. It, it's kind of is the perfect musical in that, like, when you think of a musical plot, you probably go directly to something just like this. <laughs> it is a very simple plot, but do you consider a romantic plot? Because a lot of people say this is like the first romantic musical. I mean, it's hard to say because I don't know. They don't. They never really resolve the romantic part of it because they never really end up going out. Spoilers. I mean, it's kind of implied that they do, but it doesn't really actually happen in the show. <laughs> what would you describe as the plot of the show? I know I gave my like clinical description of it. What is the story of My Fair Lady from Andrew's point of view? Okay, um, a girl is a, a flower girl, which I thought she was homeless at first, but I guess she's not. She's, that's just a job poor people had, I guess. <laughs> just selling flowers um, on the street? Yeah, and... Um, this rich like professor type takes her in because she wants she wants to learn how to speak better so she can work in a real wants, flower shop yeah but he just wants to prove that he can and it's just a big contest to him yes because he um, makes a bet with his friend um general pickering that he'd be able to and he's like no no way yeah but he's obviously is able to but then everything falls apart because you know he realizes she realizes that he's just in it for his ego basically mm -hmm. so now what do you think of the characters what do you think of henry higgins he is like such a staple in musical theater um but what do you think of him as a character um i mean he kind of reminds me of a uh, like a barry bigelow type but not nearly as bad N he is openly a misogynist like in the most clinical terms of misogyny he is that yes absolutely um, but he doesn't beat anybody. <laughs> he almost does, but he doesn't. He threatens. So... He threatens. <laughs> so he's not quite as bad. Um, but yeah, he's still not a good character, like as far as like a good person. Do you person. think he's asexual is he or fun just to watch, like... though? Yes, he well, is that... fun to watch. Oh, you just, you just glitched the fuck out. Oh, sorry. I was saying that he is fun to watch, even if he's not a good person, though. Well, much like Eliza's dad, too. He's a very bad person who is fantastic to watch on screen. Yes. So I think there's a lot of characters in this that are bad people, but are fun to watch, which is really kind of more important in a lot of ways. <laughs> but I you have to like Henry Higgins in a way because I find it very impressive. Like he is passionate about linguistics and phonetics. I think he is likable, like he obviously has that n a major character flaw in that he's a horrible misogynist. But if you look at the stuff that he actually enjoys and and how he uh, how serious he is about it, it's kind of fun to watch him talk about that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just he's openly like people that are not even like involved in his life. He will just openly insult. <laughs> yeah, because well, because he doesn't like how they speak. <laughs> it's great. It is great. <laughs> But uh, the romance in this, the quote-unquote romance in this, is something that people romanticize. And I have a lot of issues. I don't have issues with the content as much as the ending result. So I'm going to just spoil the ending of the film and the original productions. Okay. So he fixes her up, he gets her all speech ready, and then she has this great, like, 
fuck you. I'm going to go live my life um, because you are emotionally abusive to me. I do not feel appreciated when I'm around you. I will survive without you no matter what. And she has that big thing and he finally realizes, oh, I actually had emotions for him, for for Eliza. He lies back and is like, wow, I have to like face consequences for my actions. And in the original Broadway and in the film adaptation, she comes back and just starts living with him and he immediately commands her, where the devil are my slippers? Yeah, although the slippers thing was kind of, a, I think, a joke because that was what she threw at him right. earlier. So I don't know if that was like a literal where are my slippers, but at the same time, yeah, she could just kind of just forgive him pretty quick. <laughs> yes. And in the new Broadway production, because this just played on Broadway for the last year and a half, roughly, um, it closed with Laura Benanti, who you might remember from She Loves Me, um, as Eliza, and she was absolutely incredible. But in that version, the dialogue is the same. She comes back. She puts a hand on his cheek and she just leaves. She grabs her stuff and leaves him alone on stage. Not changing a single line of dialogue, they finally they figured out how to fix that ending. And then he says, where are my slippers? No, he still says it. And then she's like, oh, you fucking idiot. And then leaves, basically. That kind of changes the meaning of that line, I feel like, though. Because that Why now so? they're, they're meaning it. Well, that now he's meaning it literally. And she's like, oh, well, you haven't changed at all. Whereas I feel like in the in the movie, it's more of a he's joking with her like, oh, remember when you threw your slippers at me or whatever? It all depends on how it's played in the new production. It's kind of played like he didn't know what else to say. He didn't expect to turn around and see her there. And that was just kind of like so stammered. So exp like, uh, where are my slippers? <laughs> like, just kind of like that was the only response he could think of. It, it all had to do with the delivery, honestly. I yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I like them getting back together more, to be honest. And I know that they, as actual people, they don't belong together, and it's probably a terrible relationship, but this is just the type of thing where it's like, it's a it's a classic musical, and they should just end up together, because that <laughs> is the happy ending. I don't know. Billy Bigelow should be in heaven! Not Billy Bigelow, He's an, he actually beats women, and that's fucked. <laughs> Whereas this guy just emotionally but, abuses them. Yes, but it's implied that he learns his lesson, and I mean, I does don't know. he though? Like one of the last things he does, like, is threaten to wring her neck. I worthless gutter snipe. I guess what I would have rather seen is instead of changing it where she leaves, change it where he learns his lesson more. Yeah, but then it it it's rough. It's rough to change things that far in the past. Yeah, I mean, I think when it was written. That probably was him, like, learning his lesson. <laughs> wow, what a nice guy! <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say. I wasn't around in the 50s, so I don't really know what they considered to be... Oh, wow, he's better now. <laughs> he's changed so much! Like, I can't believe it! What do you think of Rex Harrison as Henry Higgins? Because I kind of think they're synonymous with one another. I cannot see anyone playing that role as well as him. Yeah, no, he did a great job. He was in the movie as well, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what I assumed. Yeah, he, he was really, really good. I don't... And I feel like I could see someone else play it, but I don't know. <laughs> like, there have been other great actors that played it, like Jonathan Price and... Um, what's his name? Uncle Scar from... Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons also played him. 
and a concert production, and none of them quite get the right amount of anger and blissful, like, I'm better than all of you, than, than Rex Harrison. Yeah, he, he nails the better than everyone thing. He's very good mm-hmm. at that. And he also gets, like, this very flamboyant personality, like, foppish in a way. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of what I wanted to talk about. Now, was there anything weird about it being a film that you noticed? No, not really. This, I feel like that... this was a lot like this is a lot like Fiddler, where it just kind of felt like because it's so it's very long too. So I don't think they really cut anything. It just feels like a legitimate stage to movie adaptation that's done very very well. But it's gorgeous. Like it looks fantastic, especially the more yeah, recent like Blu-ray they... like restoration looks incredible. Yeah, but yeah, that's but I guess when you make a movie that well, you don't really notice it. It's mm-hmm. just kind of like. You know, you watch it and that's it. <laughs> um, what do you? Th- I mean, you're you're the movie guy here. You went to school for it. I mean, what do you like about the movie specifically? Um, I like the dynamic between Henry Higgins and Eliza. I think it's very well shown. Um, a lot of times it does just it feels a little claustrophobic being in that house, and I believe they shot on seventy millimeter film. So it like feels huge anytime they leave that house, especially when they go on like the streets of London. It feels enormous, like it feels so incredible. Um, but I do have a lot of problems specifically with the casting. Um, not Rex Harrison, um, but Audrey Hepburn, who is adorable, absolutely adorable in this role. She is such a cutie pie with like a button nose, but. There was a little bit of controversy behind her casting, and I'm going to go into that a little bit. Go for it. I want to hear it. I like controversy. So the original Broadway show starred Audrey, uh, or Julie Andrews, forgive me. Julie Andrews, who is now enormously famous for um, Mary Poppins, Sound of Music, um, Victor Victoria, The Princess Diaries movie. She is a landmark of filmmaking. Would you agree? Yes, of course. We've already done the Mary Poppins episode, so... Yes, we don't need to talk about that anymore. But it is going to come up again in a few minutes. Okay. So they brought Rex Harrison into the film to play the same role he did on Broadway, as well as Stanley Holloway, who played the father on Broadway. Pretty much most of the main players, except one. Eliza Doolittle, they were worried, like, we need a big name or else this film's not going to make any money. No one's going to see this unless they get a big name. So fuck you, Julie Andrews, you ain't getting it. And at the same time, Julie Andrews was talking to Walt Disney and she was like, you know, they're doing a film version of My Fair Lady and the Warners are thinking of asking me to play Eliza. And that'd be the only thing that would cause me to not play Mary Poppins. And he's like, well, if they ask you to do that, you have to do that. You know, that that's that's your role. You can't can't leave that behind. But if not, come come see me about Mary Poppins. And she's like, all right, I will do that, Walt. And then, of course, they snub her bring on Audrey Hepburn and she goes on to play Mary Poppins and that's the last we're going to hear about Julie Andrews for a while and Audrey Hepburn at first was very keen on singing the part herself and she has a very nice alto voice that is effective for like the very cockney songs like she does a very good wouldn't it be lovely but she could not hit most of the notes in I couldn't could have danced all night and they refused to transpose it down so they brought in famous vocal dubber Marnie Nixon to sing the role and basically make it feel more like the Broadway show. And word of that got out and people thought, oh, scandal, Audrey Hepburn can't even sing her own role. 
And when the Oscars came around, Julie Andrews was nominated for Best Actress for Mary Poppins and wins where Audrey Hepburn wasn't even nominated. Julie Andrews walks up there and the first words that come out of her mouth during her acceptance speech is, I would like to thank the Warners for snubbing me. (laughs) Petty as shit. That is petty. Um, (laughs) But if you look at it, we got two we got two good movies out of it, though. Mm-hmm. Mary Poppins won Best Actress, whereas My Fair Lady won Best Picture, so everyone won in the end. Yeah. Uh, the only person who loses is Audrey Hepburn. Exactly. And she really lost when she died. When did she die? Um, like in the 90s. The, what? How is that relevant to this, Jess? Because she died before Julie Andrews. Oh. I mean, I don't think they were in direct competition, but sure. Who's gonna live the longest, Audrey or Julie? Let's, every day, let's check in on them. Check in. What'd you think of Who dies the... first? <laughs> That's what they're gonna Eliza do between Doolittle you and me. or Mary Poppins. That's what they're gonna do between you and me one day. Like, who's gonna die first, Jess or Andrew? We all know who's gonna die first, Jess. Do we? Do we? <laughs> yep. Who is it? Can I, can I know? Yeah, sure. Take a guess. Who is it? Um, me. You have, you have to guess. I'm gonna die first. You're definitely close. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think of the character of Eliza's father? I think he has the funniest song in the show. Which one is it? Is it Little Bit of Luck or um, Get Me to the Church on Time? Uh, Both of them. But I think the luck one is probably a little funnier. What do you think of him as a character in his, like, point of view? Like, I my favorite scene in the entire film is the scene where he's, like, trying to convince um, um, Rex Harrison to give him money for his daughter, to literally sell his daughter. He is the best. <laughs> I love that he's, uh, like, upset when he gets rich because now he has to, like, care about stuff. <laughs> I have to try and shit. He, he was like, he was like, damn. And I can't give the money away, because that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trapped. Oh, he, he's just the best. He's the best character. <laughs> and, like, they're offering him more money for his daughter. He's like, okay, we'll give you 20 francs. He's like, nope, nope, just 10. I don't want more than that. Just give me that. <laughs> That's what I asked for. No, not any less, but not any more. Give it to me. And I feel like if there was any role for Andrew to play, it would be him. I, I don't know about that, but yeah, probably. What role would you put yourself in first? What role would I put myself in? Like in any of the musicals we've ever covered, what would you cast yourself as first? Probably LeFou. We haven't done that one. Oh, shoot, you're right. (laughs) Uh, No, but for real? Um, I don't know. I don't feel like there's any character I'd fit that well into. Cinderella's Prince from Into the Woods. That's, I mean, that's yours, right? No, I was Rapunzel's. Oh, okay. I don't think I could be Cinderella's prince because I'm I've got more of a George Costanza type build. <laughs> okay, Mendel from Falsettos. Oh god, no, I don't want to no. I could add a lot of creepy. humanity to that role. Oh yeah. There's enough humanity in that role already, I'll tell you what. <laughs> uh <laughs> Mendel, god damn, what a bad character. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think of what character I could play, and honestly, I, I still got nothing here. I guess I'm just a Billy Bigelow through and through. You wouldn't be Herod? I think you'd be Herod. Oh, yeah, King Herod? I could do that. 
I could do that roll. Sing it for us, Andrew! <laughs> no, I- I- I'm not gonna rehearse on, a, like, live, okay? Would I want to do, like, the, uh, Al Alice Cooper version, or, or the, uh, the one from the movie? No, you would have to do the one from the movie. <laughs> the one from the movie is way better. <laughs> yes, it is the yes, strangest thing. Yes, you are the Christ, you are the great <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's the dance break. The dance break is the perfect part. Oh, the dancing is so good. I just love that whole scene. And then they just carry Jesus away, and it's like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's confused. No one more than Jesus. And I love that he has his own piano on, on his boat. And like, <laughs> someone in drag, but with a huge mustache playing it. It's like, what is happening on that little boat? <laughs> insanity. Constant insanity. Ins this is my life. This is who I am on the inside. <laughs> Jess has another kidney stone, sadly, so he's going to have to go piss that out. I will be your entertainment for the rest of the night. Uh, we're going to talk about... Um, Colonel Pickering, and why he is the best character in all of musical theater. Um, so I like Colonel Pickering a lot because he is an expert on uh, one of the languages that exists. I think it was French. Maybe it wasn't French. He knew one of the languages really well. He, he said it like one time, and that's, I think, that was pretty cool that he knew that. He also has a lot of money because he's able to bet with Higgins. And that's cool. Everyone likes money, right? You guys like money. I bet you you guys like money. You know you know, I like money. Um, so, all in all, I would say Colonel Pickering is definitely the greatest musical theater character of all time. And if, if anyone would want to contest that Colonel Pickering is the greatest character ever written... I would be interested to hear any counter-arguments. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by the extremely kind donators by our donations at Patreon. Andrew, why don't you list off our current patron donators? You want to see how fast I can go? Let's go! Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it! All right. <clears throat> our current patrons are Stephanie L., Terry Needleman, Max Lunig, Benjamin Lear, Chris O'Kelly, Lily Ackles, Ben, Kenzie Horner, John Donna, Taryn the Duck, Melissa Goldman, Jesse Lightning, Ewan McCassidy, Haley McDonald, Teskier, Callum McLeod, and Fire of September. This is, this is why, this is why they give you the big bucks. That's why they give me the big bucks. They give us a little extra financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals with Cheese. If you'd like to join them in supporting us and get tons of fun perks, such as patron-only commentaries, our episodes a day early, come join them over at Patreon. Yo, I think I think our newest commentary is up by the time we release this episode. If God, I, I hope so. God, I hope so. So, go over and enjoy our Oklahoma commentary that we have just done. Yes, it's great. I'm sure. It's really good. <laughs> Really it's, good. It's the funniest thing. Listen, Jess actually goes and he explains how his cat died in a blender. You have to listen to the story. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> sure I do. Go take a listen. 
Alright. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Why can't the English teach their children how to speak? This verbal class distinction by now should be antique. If you spoke as she does, sir, instead of the way you do, why, you might be selling flowers too. Beg your pardon? An Englishman's way of speaking absolutely classifies him. The moment he talks, he makes some other Englishman despise him. One common language I'm afraid we'll never get. Oh, why can't the English learn... So what do you think of Why Can't the English? This is a great song. Uh, it's really funny, and it explains uh, Pef- Professor Higgins' character completely. Such a strange so opening good. number. You think so? I don't know. Yes. I feel like it sets the location pretty well, and it tells us who Professor Higgins is really well. And it's really weird that he's rapping throughout it. I, I don't know about that. I'm not. I didn't really hear any rapping in it but okay he's just talking the songs and that was a joke i don't think he's actually rapping <laughs> i'm like just you're losing me here every <laughs> everything is rap now you're like oh yeah this song's a rap this song's a rap this one's a rap no like, no no jess these songs are from the 50s rap didn't exist back then <laughs> <laughs> rap was invented by eminem in 1995 that's not true. Rap was invented by some guy on the street in the 80s yeah. doing some really goofy shit over a pop song that he heard. Okay. And that man was Lin-Manuel Miranda. I don't think so. It's probably like Chubby Checker or something like that. I Chevy don't Chase. Chevy Chase on the street rapping. Chevy Chase invented rap in 1974. You got it. Um... 
Yeah, the song's great. It is weird how it is a spoken word song with like a very heavy orchestration. It reminds me a lot of You Got Trouble. But I think it makes a lot of sense here. Well, it doesn't You Got Trouble as well, but it makes a lot of sense here too. Well, yeah, because a guy like this wouldn't lower his English down to try to sing a song. No, he he is talking because he is good at talking. (laughs) No one taught him take instead of talk. And they have that nice jab in there at Americans, just like me. <laughs> we haven't spoken English in years. Nope, and it's true, we speak American English. We speak shit English. I mean, everyone makes the joke like, oh, all those racists say, like, uh, speak American. But you know what? The British probably say that we do speak American because we certainly don't speak English. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck we speak. I don't understand half the words we try to claim are words. Yeah. It, it just—it simply doesn't make sense. <sighs> Why can't the English learn to speak? Um, well, I would assume it's the big teeth and the thick accents. <laughs> Maybe they should go to the dentist every now and then. Ha <laughs> oh, ha! They don't have dentists in England. <laughs> they, they don't go even to have healthcare. Yeah, I mean, when they want to get one of their teeth pulled out, they go to a barber. I learned that in this show as well. Oh, wouldn't it be crazy if we had to go to, like, a hairdresser every time we had a toothache? Like, open your mouth, let me get inside there. Oh, shit, get the pliers. I just don't want some crazy Italian pulling my fucking teeth. (laughs) All I want is a room somewhere Far away from the cold night air with one enormous chair Oh, wouldn't it be lovely Lots of chocolate for me to eat Lots of cow making lots of eat Warm face, warm hands, warm feet Oh, wouldn't it be lovely Oh, so lovely sitting up so blooming I would never budge till spring Craft of me windowsill Someone's had resting on my knee Warm and tender as he can be He takes good care of me think about wouldn't it be loverly uh, are you saying that right is it loverly loverly i like the song I-, I like that it shows off her uh bad english just right in the song but in it feels so sincere song, too it is such a sincere it's like true i just want to sit by a fire like with warm hands warm face warm feet and like eat chocolate that's all i want that is very a very simple life and it would but be loverly she's in the rain selling flowers the rain in Spain, which stays mainly in the plane. You know what? You need to sh- you need to stop, Jess. Okay, I, I get it. You just learned how to speak English, but like <laughs> after you get that phrase down, you can you can do everything. You're done. That's it. I mean, that's pretty much all he teaches her. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, basically. Um, but what do you think about the male chorus of like the choir behind him, behind her in the song? 
Uh, what do you mean? What do I think? Like, what do you? I think it's really cool because I don't. You don't see that a lot outside of like the Music Man. Well, I think it's something they did more in more of these classic type musicals. I miss it. Bring it back, guys. I think in these sort of musicals, they didn't really care as much about like if something made sense. They just kind of <laughs> did it if it sounded good. Well, it was kind of these were the pop songs I would play too. Like songs and musicals yeah. weren't a different category from the songs on the radios. I think I think that we shouldn't bring that back because that would lower the quality of a lot of musicals today. Yeah. But I would like to bring back the anything that sounds good mentality. That would be pretty cool. I think that is found <laughs> in things like Beetlejuice and Waitress where you have like those pop songwriters coming in and writing for the musical. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff in classic musicals that you have very much died out that definitely deserved it, but there's some stuff that could definitely come back. What do you think definitely deserved it? Um, all the rampant misogyny? <laughs> yep, okay, that's fair. Alright. <laughs> Speaking I mean, of rampant misogyny... Like every, every, every musical from pre-1960, at least, has just been... The, the plot of it is just dipped in fucking abusing women. <laughs> hey, hey, at least Oklahoma at least doesn't quite have that. Um, I mean, there's kind of like a rape scene in that, so I don't know. Yeah, I forget <laughs> about that every time. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm a quiet living man who prefers to spend the evenings in the silence of his room, who likes an atmosphere as restful as an undiscovered tomb, a pensive man am I, a philosophic joy. Who likes to meditate, contemplate, free from humanity's mad inhuman noise? Quiet living man. But that a woman in your life and your sabbatical is through. In a line that never ends, come an army of her friends, come to jabber and to chatter and to tell her what the matter is with you. Speaking of rampant misogyny, let's talk about I'm an Ordinary Man. Um, this is the one that's just about how Professor Higgins doesn't want to talk to women ever. Yep, right? if you let a woman in your life, you're plunging in the knife. <laughs> this song is a really good, like, um, mix between him kind of very calmly, like, oh, I just like the simple things, and then, and then whenever he starts talking about a woman, it's just, he, the song goes bonkers. <laughs> So it's actually a really fun song. I think it has some um, of the most clever lyrics I've ever heard. Like one that I always think about is like, "Let the others of my sex tie the knots around their necks." I, <laughs> that's such a fun fucking line. That is a good one. And like it's, I, a, it's a pun too because you got the the tie the knot as in get married, but around their necks. So that's good. Yes. That's funny. I'd prefer a new edition of the Spanish Inquisition than to ever let a woman in my life. I mean, it's a good song to set up how he feels, though. And, yes, and it like, is. Oh, and it's also kind of his like his song that's like, oh, I'm never gonna fall in love, but then he totally does. Yeah, which he is totally in, like, does. All these musicals. It's in like all these musicals, so you have to have that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a lot of people have made the case that Henry Higgins is actually a homosexual or asexual. I don't think so. Why? I'm curious. I think he's in love with Mrs. Doolittle. I don't know. I don't know if it's love that he's feeling. 
You think it's more just the the thrill of ownership? <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> Companionship, <laughs> you fucking masochist! Oh, you don't think that he owned her? I mean, he did literally I mean, he buy did, her. Now that I he th- did literally buy her, so <laughs> that I think about it. <laughs> That's so fucked up that that's a scene in a musical. But yeah, he did buy her. But yep. she was free so, to go I mean, whenever. He like, he even made her. it very clear that she could leave whenever. He wasn't gonna like it. That's just because he wanted her to leave. Did he, though? I, I mean, I think in the first act, yes, he did. But no, he wanted to win the bet. He didn't want her to leave. It was against his own best interest if she left. That's true. Okay, fair enough. He didn't want her to leave because he wanted to win a bet. Um, I, I think that he is genuinely in love with her. Um, because I think he's genuinely in love with Pickering. He always says kind things about Pickering and how much he loves him. And he basically moves him into his house and they go walking off in the night as soon as they meet. I don't think they're in love, though. Why not? I think that they just both have huge egos and they jerk each other off. (laughs) But not in a sexual way, in purely ego way. I bet you can't make me come. I bet you I can Whip it out! Let's do this. I mean, okay. I mean, I think there's a there's a there's a trend of modern interpretations of this sort of behavior being translated into homosexuality. I mean, you have like Beauty and the Beast, where LeFou is is translated as gay, when in all reality, LeFou just loved jerking off Gaston's ego, <laughs> and Gaston liked it when he did that. But Gaston was not gay, and LeFou was not gay. They just loved Gaston's ego. And I think there's the same relationship here, and it's not actually homosexual. They just both have giant egos, and they love it when people talk about them. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Just because you you suck a dick doesn't make you gay. It's true. You know, ask any gay person. Just because someone sucks your dick doesn't mean they're gay. Yeah, there's tons of other categories like pan, bi, fluid. Not even that. You can still you could be straight and suck someone's dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like women. It's true. Nope, no, men. Hmm. There's a whole category of porn for it. <clears throat> Straight. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, King. Says I, in a manner will braid. But all I want is Henry Higgins' head. Done, says the King with a stroke. I'll shout ready! I'm fire! Ow, ow, ow! Henry Higgins down! You go, Henry Higgins! Just you wait! What do you think of Just You Wait? Um, you mean uh, Eliza's murder song? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she desperately wants to murder Henry Higgins. Um,. You know, that's fair. He is, he's kind of an asshole. More than kind um, of. Eh, I don't know about more than kind of. I mean, he, he does own her, technically, so he can do what he wants. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> what do you mean, no, no? He, 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 bought, he bought her fair and square from her previous owner, her father. <laughs> 
no that is not <laughs> jess what is wrong what are you what are you complaining about over there <laughs> will you quit your freaking whinging <laughs> you're a heartless gutter snipe uh just you wait <laughs> I am gonna no. It's a it's a make it Jesse McAnally day, and I'm gonna make sure that people can kill you in a firing squad. That's pretty funny. I like uh, I like the song, and it's funny, but it's not as funny as some of the other songs, so it doesn't win my contest. I I think it has a right to fit into the musical, though. Like a lot of people looking at this would probably cut it, but I think it fits so perfectly in, and like you lose a ton if you cut it. Well, she's like the main character, so I feel like you have to know how she feels about the situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess you could argue Higgins is the main character, but I think mm, that she's honestly more of... She's got the she's I Want the, song. She's the protagonist. She's the protagonist, dude. Yeah. Because when, when she leaves, you're supposed to root for her, not for... You're not supposed to feel for Higgins about losing Anything. her. I could have danced all night. I could have danced all night and still have begged for more. I could have spread my wings and done a thousand things I've never done before. I'll never know what made it so exciting. Why not think if i could have danced all night then this song is very good um i think this is the high point of the first act like as far as music and mm -hmm. singing and i'm sure that the dub is much better than the original so i'm glad <laughs> they did that um i think this song's incredible wanted yeah i would not have wanted to hear it tuned down for an alto i don't think at all no not at all so i'm glad they didn't do that <laughs> And just how it's shot, like, specifically where people are undressing her, bathing her and all that, and getting her into bed, and she's just daisily staring off into space. Like, Audrey Hepburn physically plays that so perfectly. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the best part of the show until... I don't know. I'm not even sure if anything really tops it. I'm gonna say know. something else think? does top it, but we'll get to that a little later. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I um, love this song. I love singing this song, like... When I'm just like doing dishes and shit, I'm like, I could have danced all night. You know, it's a fun song to sing. I have often walked down this street before, but the pavement always stayed beneath my feet before. All at once am I several stories high, knowing I'm on the street where you live. Speaking of iconic songs, there's On the Street Where You Live, which I don't like, but I'm curious to your thoughts. Honestly, this is an iconic song. I didn't even think that much Super of it. Super iconic. I think the whole Freddy character thing is just kind of lame anyways. Why? But he doesn't do anything. He stands <laughs> on her street. Yeah. Fuck Freddy. Freddy sucks. What? This song 
I didn't think it was iconic because I don't even remember that much of it, to be honest with you. I have often walked <laughs> down the street before, but the pavement always yeah, stayed I mean, I beneath my feet before. I guess it's just kind of... It, the Freddy character gets all the nice love songs, I guess, because he's yeah. actually in love, so... Well, is he, that's though? Probably why is it's he iconic. just infatuated? Because he doesn't know anything about Eliza. Yeah, that's true. I'll but say I think one thing about the Henry face. Higgins thing. He at least knows her. He's seen her warts and all and still likes her by the end. Kind of. Kind I mean, of. the best thing he could say about her is that he's accustomed to her face. He also says... It's not really a good thing. The one thing that he says that I think he, like, accidentally shows too much of himself is... When she's like, you have my voice on your recording box. And he's like, yes, but I don't have your soul. And she's like, oh, you fucker. Yeah, he's a, he, he said that just to be nice to her, I think. He was trying to win her over. No, I think he meant that, and he didn't mean to say that. Yeah, you're giving him too much credit. You're giving him more credit than I would have. So what do you think of the entire, like, fin- final of Act 1? Where they, like, show off Eliza and, just, like, convince everyone. I love the character that is, like, the, uh, the expert. <laughs> the Hungarian. The Hungarian. He's hilarious. I wish they had more of him. Why? What did you think so endearing about him? I just think he was really funny. <laughs> that he was, like, like the, the one time he was like, oh, it's so obvious that they were uh, raised by, what was it? Like a, a watchmaker or something <laughs> like that? I have no idea. It's like, who is this guy? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and apparently, like, Higgins trained him, which says a lot more about, like, Higgins than anything else. Yeah, I mean, he turned into Higgins, basically. A shitty, ugly Higgins. And of course, Higgins hates him because of it. How dare you try <laughs> to be me? Only I can be me. I'm better than you at being me. You know why? Because I'm me. I'm me, and you'll never be me, and nobody's me but me. I'm Henry Higgins. I'm Henry Higgins. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't feel like an act ender, so to say. It feels a little, little. Well, it's this is back. This is back when they do the dance numbers. I guess right? this yeah. is the ballet. But I wouldn't end Act One on a ballet. You know what? The ballet is one of the things that I'm really glad is uh, gone. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, dancers. No, dancing is great, but having this long ballet number be the end of Act 1 or the start of Act 2 or whatever they want to do, I think is stupid and they should just get rid of it. You heard it here first, folks! <laughs> and they did get rid of it. They did get rid of it, so I, I already won this one. <laughs> <laughs> I said to him, you did it, you did it, you did it. They thought she was ecstatic and so damned aristocratic, and they never knew that you... You want to hear the worst song in the entire show? What's that? You did it. Really? I thought this one was funny. I hate this song (laughs) so much, dude. Why? It sums up everything we've already seen, for one. Well, it's the first song of Act 2. I know, but I don't like it. It's so... (laughs) And just the way it is. Like, you did it, you did it, you did it. And you thought the Rain in Spain was repetitive? At least that had a melody. Yeah, but this one has a joke. (laughs) <laughs> What's the joke? If it has a joke, it's not very the funny. Jo- the joke is that they keep baiting that they're gonna say that she did it, and they never do. They just keep going to each other and saying that they did it. <laughs> do you think it should really be Eliza's, like, Eliza should get all the credit? 
No, well, there's like actual parts in the song where they're like, like, uh, Professor Higgins is like, oh, well, we can't forget the most important person here. And Eliza like looks up and then she's like, and he's like, you, Colonel Pickering. (laughs) (laughs) It's not very funny, though. It's just like uncomfortable. I laughed. Of course you did. You're a sadist. I thought it was pretty funny. (laughs) I thought it was pretty funny. I don't know. I hate this song so much, dude. I I would actually prefer in future. Whatever. It's not my. It's cut. really. I I think the joke is funny enough, and it's the start of Act Two, so I don't care that much about it. I, I think the joke's guess, funny enough to keep it, and... but still, it's boring, and I hate it. And nobody who plays Pickering just go to the... is ever good at singing. Uh, Pickering. Uh, we actually just had a discussion that he's the greatest musical theater character of all time. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure if you want to. I'm not sure if you want to disagree with that. We? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, you did it also sets up the just you wait reprise, which is good. So it does, but a conversation could have done that too. Yeah, but you don't start act two with a conversation. I know. I would have actually ended Act 1 with them leaving to go to the embassy, and then start Act 2 with the embassy. Honestly. I feel like that would have made the actual Act 2 a lot shorter, though. What? That would have made Act 2 a lot longer. Well, I would assume they would have to cut some stuff from Act 2 to uh, accomplish that, so... Yeah, it's the same length. Then again, I suppose the show could be uh, quite a bit shorter anyways. I, I don't know why musicals needed to be three hours long back in the 50s. Because you wanted to get your money's worth. Yeah, well, if I want to get my money's worth, I shouldn't like be threatened with falling asleep halfway through sometimes. <laughs> Did you almost fall asleep today is... while watching it? No, I didn't, but, you know, like Oklahoma, I almost did. <laughs> what? You don't like people trying to convince other folks to commit suicide? No, I mean, there's just so much boring shit in some of these that it's like, does this need to be three hours? Like, like you couldn't cut a, you couldn't cut some of this. <laughs> I guess. And- like you're telling me, you're telling me that the Freddy character is absolutely necessary and needs to be in. Here? I think he needs to be in here. I think he needs to get less time, so to say, because you do kind of yeah. need the competition to Higgins. I guess. I feel like the competition to Higgins could have just been that she doesn't want to be with him. Yeah, but in those days, you were like, oh, your value is on a man, and all that. Well, now you're being a sexist, Jess. I am saying that the time was sexist. I'm getting married in the morning. Ding dong, the bells are gonna chime. Pull out the stopper, let's have a whopper, but get me to the church on time. I got to be there in the morning Spruced up and looking in me prime Girls, come and kiss me Show how you'll miss me But get me to the church on time If I, I love Get Me to the Church on Time. This one's hilarious. <laughs> the song, this is the like scene where he's is just, incredible. He's gonna get married and he doesn't even want to get married and it's like... But he's gonna do it anyways, and I don't... He has a strange moral know. code to himself that I find very interesting, the, that Alfred P. Doodle. He has, doodle. like, you would think at first glance that his moral code is just, I do whatever I want, and who cares, right? Right. But it's not, 
because he doesn't do that. He like it is like stuff that he's just like I'm not gonna do that, even though it benefits me because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like 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 where where he doesn't want to take extra money. Like it's like how would that not benefit you? Like what? I don't know. He has like this I mean, moral code in his head. Like nope, that would be wrong. I want what I want. Yeah. Well, I think he doesn't want to take too much because then he couldn't be a believable beggar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you got too much money, they won't give him. Um, if you've got four le- limbs, they won't believe you as a leper. It's true. <laughs> so, like, he he's thinking to himself, you know, if I have all this money, people are going to beg to me, and I won't be able to beg to anybody, and that's terrible. And that extent. <laughs> <laughs> and that extends to the idea of this, like, yeah, I'm gonna marry this girl, but I'm gonna fuck around what, right up to the moment I gotta walk down that aisle. Yep, because that's that's him. Like, if you don't want to marry her, just don't do it. But to him, that's not the that's not the issue. You know, like he he wants to sleep around, but he does need to get married. Yes, because because that's who he is. <laughs> <laughs> Why is thinking something women never do? And why is logic never even tried? Straightening up their hair is all they ever do. Why don't they straighten up the mess that's inside? Why can't a woman behave like a man? If I was a woman who'd been to a ball, been hailed as a princess by one and by all, would I start weeping like a bathtub overflowing? Or carry on as if my home were in a tree? Would I run off and never tell me where I'm going? Why can't a woman be like me? Speaking of that just being who he is, what did you think of a hymn to him? Which is a clever title for a song with a lot of bad rhymes. Yeah, this one is um, the one where he's like, why can't a woman be more like a man? Yeah. This one is like cringe, I think. Cringe, why? Well, it's it's so sexist, like ridiculous, really, silly really sexist. sexist. <laughs> this is like the point in the show where it's like, okay, I get it. I already understood he was a sexist a bit because of the "I'm an ordinary man" thing. Yeah, but like, holy shit, man, you gotta chill out. <laughs> I love the part where he just goes up to his female servant. He's like, "You're a woman, aren't you? You're a woman." <laughs> You're a woman. How come you're not more like men? What the fuck? <laughs> why are you so emotional and shit? Yeah, it's like, dude, Read why do room. you have such a giant ego? Why don't you have such a giant ego, my dude? What the fuck's going on? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, this is... The, the problem with this song is, like, you're getting to the point where he has to learn his lesson, and he's, like, tripling down, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I never thought about that. But this, in any other story, this is a part where he's like, "Maybe I was been too harsh on Eliza," and he's like, "No, that stupid bitch. Why isn't she more like me? Why is?" <laughs> yeah, it's like, like you. This is where I was expecting him to be like, "Oh shit." Oh, maybe she got super upset because I was taking all the credit for her accomplishments. <laughs> but no, it's like. She should realize that I'm the one that did everything. What the fuck? <laughs> Would you get upset if I missed your birthday? Of course not. <laughs> well, why can't she be like you? 
<laughs> Wouldn't it be great if men could just be be in relationships with each other? Wouldn't it be great if Colonel Pickering was the main character? If he was trying to teach Colonel Pickering how to speak, and he was just oh. shoving marbles into oh his mouth. Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> oh my god, Colonel Pickering. <laughs> Colonel Pickering. Why can't a woman be more like a man? I can show oh, you what Colonel a man Pickering. can do. <laughs> Colonel Pickering, I think I'm looking for a Colonel Dickering, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> the real relationship in my fair lady. See, you weren't with me in the start of this, but now you're totally on my board with this. Jess, I've totally changed my mind. <laughs> I won the episode, guys. Jess won the episode. <laughs> and now I think we might be gay lovers. Oh, Colonel Dickering. Oh! <laughs> Touch my Henry Higgins. Alright, let's sing... So used to hear her say good morning every day, her joys, her woes, her highs, her lows, a second nature to me now. Like breathing out and breathing in. I'm very grateful she's a woman, and so easy to forget. Rather like a habit one can always break. And yet. I've grown accustomed to the trace of something in the air, accustomed to her face. <laughs> All right, I've grown accustomed to her face. We have to talk about this song, yes, so do. let's talk about this song. The other very iconic <laughs> song in this show. You may recognize it from Family Guy and The Simpsons. Yes. Um, I love this song. This song is absolutely incredible. <laughs> no, it's really good, but he doesn't learn his lesson or anything. He just realizes that he wants her. Like, oh, I actually did have emotions for her, and I liked her being around, and I'm a horrible person for not handling that situation better. Self-reflection. So here's the thing, okay. I've grown accustomed to her face is like a, a direct reaction to I'm an ordinary man, right? Yeah. But the thing is, he only learns his lesson on the I want a woman around part of it. Right. And not the women are terrible people part of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, he didn't... So basically, he decides, like, oh, I actually do want a woman around, I like that. But he never, he never changes his mind will never on be equal women with are me. all awful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I like her around, but she's not my equal. She wants to eat at the table yeah, with I me? Like, what the like, fuck? She eats on the floor where she belongs. And she'll get chocolate <laughs> if she's good. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's a good song, though. Like, it is very good. Like, well-written. Yeah, and it's, like, melody. the first time that Rex Harrison is actually kind of singing. Like, actually singing. Yeah, I mean, he, he learns his lesson on that front, too. <laughs> he finally agrees to, like, the musical theater. Like, he stops worrying about getting every word right, and he becomes more melodic, more romantic. It's... <laughs> what? 
he finally realizes that he's in a musical. <laughs> Basically. He's like, yes, the words don't matter as much as the emotions. He becomes a little bit more like Freddy, who is all emotion, so there everything he sings is like this romantic gibberish. Yeah. Um it's good. You liked it. It's just I just wish that he learned his lesson on the I hate women part of it. <laughs> I wish there was something about that, like something addressing his misogyny, aside from Without You, which is a great... Oh, like, there is. There is. There's a, a, a hymn to him. <laughs> Where he doubles down on it. That addresses it. I think that, I think that addresses it pretty fucking well, Jess. What do you think? <laughs> oh, God, he's such a terrible person. For real. Andrew, so you think that um, Henry Higgins is your role model and you strive to be like him every day? Um, well... Kind of. He's a little smart for my tastes. I think I'm just going to stick with Gaston for now. <laughs> I'll stick with LaFou slash Pickering. That's true. There, There is a dynamic there, isn't there? Pickering and LaFou and Higgins and Gaston. Yeah. There's something going on there. You know what's weird, too, is, is uh, Gaston quotes Shakespeare all the time, you know? He does. At least once, I can Actually, think of. just one time. <laughs> At least one time. <laughs> so he... He secretly is well read. <laughs> Secret, <laughs> secretly is well read. <laughs> he probably loves linguistics. There is a very good chance that he does. Who has a bigger ego? I mean, um, he Henry actually, Higgins or Gaston? That's tough to say, honestly. We know Higgins hates women more. Um, that's for sure. <laughs> Whereas I think that Gaston loves women, but only to like rub his feet. Yeah, but I still think he has more respect for women. Just He doesn't have very much, he just has more than Higgins does. Like, he likes letting women in his life. Yeah, and he'll, like, allow them in his bar and let them drink at the table like human beings. <laughs> Whereas, like, Higgins doesn't let you eat what you want to eat unless you're good, so... Don't! I don't know. Just beat her if she's bad! <laughs> in a 2v2, who wins? Professor Higgins and Colonel Dickering... Or Gaston and LeFou in a, de a battle to the death. Who wins? Um, I think Gaston wins because he's built like a brick house. Yeah, he is pretty hot. I mean, yeah, he's definitely well built. <laughs> no, who else is very well built? Who? Our incredible donors over at Patreon. And our current patrons are Stephanie L., Terry Needleman, Max Lunix, Benjamin Lehrer, Chris O'Kelly, Lily Ackles, Mackenzie Horner, John Donna, Taryn the Duck, Melissa Goldman, Jess Lightning, Ewan Cassidy, Haley McDonald, Taskier, Callum McLeod, and Fire of September, who are all so jacked they could like lift me over their head and I would be cradled in their big, big arms. Uh, Jess, you're like 10 pounds, like, at the most. I'm a fat ass, and I'm disgusting, and no one will ever love there, me. Jess, there are babies that are born premature that weigh more than you. Uh. <laughs> 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 um, th what are your overall thoughts on My Fair Lady, Andrew, and your cheese rating? Uh, overall thoughts? I think it's a very good show as long as you're willing to overlook uh you know some of the problems of the time but you know there's not much you can do about that and that that happens with these older shows it's not as bad as carousel where it's like impossible to look over it but there definitely is some issues um as far as a cheese rating um what is a very british cheese 
because this deserves the most British cheese. <laughs> oh, that is, that is, oh my goodness. How about a Wensleydale cheese? That, that is sounds the most British, British cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so I'm going to give it a Wensleydale cheese because this actually is a very, very British show. A proudly British <laughs> show. English show, probably yes. more than British. That's actually true. You very English show. Mm -hmm. uh, they actually diss on uh, Irish and Scots in the in this show. And so, the Americans. Yes. The Americans aren't aren't British though. But yeah. Well, I love My Fair Lady. I think the film adaptation is very good. I think that Rex Harrison is Henry Higgins. Um, yes, it is very dated, but also it still aged very well. All that considered, especially the new production with Laura Benanti and Lauren. An Ambrose, like I thought both of them were very good Eliza Doolittles, and I think the production was gorgeous. I wish it was still on Broadway. But my cheese rating, and let's see if Andrew can actually guess oh. it. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> um, oh boy. Um, I don't think I can guess it. It is Pickering Cheese. Um, the Alpine style Tom uh, is carefully funny. aged in 19th century stone by bank barn. It is the name celebrates our local healthy Pickering Creek watershed that nourishes our pastures, goats, and everything around the farm. So if you guys are in Yellow Springs farm, go check out Pickering cheese. Wow. Are we sponsored? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have agreed that general Pickering is the most incredible musical theater character of all time. Uh, Colonel Pickering. Colonel Pickering. You're right. How dare I get the greatest musical theater character of all time's name incorrect. He is the greatest musical theater character of all time. And you know what else is pretty great? What? Our listeners. Thank you guys for listening. We are so glad you're here every week. We love each and every one of you individually. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. This has become an ASMR recording. Listen to my mouth noises. <laughs> Please follow us on iTunes, Spotify. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Please follow follow <laughs> us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, at Musicals with Cheese. Keep leaving us iTunes reviews. We want more. Give us more iTunes reviews, goddammit. I don't as much of you people except for you guys to give us more iTunes except reviews. Except for you guys to give us like money and Patreon and to give us iTunes reviews. We don't ask for much. Give it to us, please. You don't have to give us anything if you don't want You're to. You're right. We still we love, love you. you. Um, we're on Twitter at Cheesy Musicals. Our Patreon is Musicals with Cheese. Our Instagram is Musicals with Cheese. Our YouTube page is Musicals with Cheese. Our email is musicaltheaterlives at gmail.com. Combo breaker. Our title card is created by Jolene Casco. Her Instagram is Jolene Casco. Um, yeah, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap it on up, Andrew? Uh, go watch the movie, My Fair Lady, if you haven't seen it. It's good. Andrew, I got a final question for you. Sure. Why can't a woman be more like a man? Ah, that's a great question. Go on. It's probably that penis thing, right? I think that might be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they had that penis, then... I don't... I don't understand. How do girls pee? Because, like, pee is stored in the balls, and <laughs> girls don't have balls. They pee out their butt. Oh! <laughs> right from their butt hole. <laughs> you see, in their in girls' butt cheeks, they have little testicles that store their pee. Oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. I'm so that glad actually we're makes a lot of sense, Jess. We're saying this at the end of the episode. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time on Musicals with Cheese. Da 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 da. <laughs> no one taught him take instead of tyke.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.